Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Tuinay. On behalf of my colleague, Jordan Comstock, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast. This is our fifth episode of our Say No to PPO series, and we are privileged to have Tessina Barney on the call today. Tessina is currently working as an office manager for a dental practice just south of Provo, Utah. For those of you that don't know where Provo, Utah is, that's where Gordon Christensen is headquartered. Tessina and I met about a year ago at a local office manager's meeting. What impressed me about Tessina is that she is a problem solver. She's a go-getter, and she's someone who never gives up, just simply not satisfied until the job gets done. Dentists all over you to want to hire her, and after you get to know her, you'll know why. Well, let's get right into it. Sure. As I mentioned, there's so many uh, offices, and you know this, there's just a ton of practices yeah. out there that have this insurance struggle. Um, but I think it would be mm-hmm. good for li- listeners always want to know who they're listening to. Um, a, lo- a lot of them, unfortunately, a lot of them know me. Well, hopefully, a lot of them don't. Um, so, I, <laughs> so by clicking on this this webinar link, that you know our resources and my bios posted on our website. But let's talk a little bit about you. Your phone number is a Las Vegas number. Is that right? It is. You, yes. Are, uh-huh. are you from That's there? That's where I'm from. Oh, cool. I am. Yeah. And you live in Utah now. I do. Yes, I've been here for. Um, Quite some time, since 2006. <laughs> oh, wow. So 10 years now. What brought you up yeah. here? Um, well, long story. <laughs> we traveled a lot. <laughs> um, as a young family, my father was in the military and worked um, for the CIA. You know, no big deal. Oh, wow. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we traveled quite a bit. So we, Las Vegas was just one of the many places that we lived. Mm-hmm. And then um, he got out of the government and went um, into owning his own businesses. And that carried us to Utah. And then I had come from Las Vegas to Utah. And so I said, I've got to get out of here, you know. So I went back to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, this doesn't feel the same anymore. I miss Utah. (laughs) (laughs) So I came back in 2006, and then I've been here ever since. So you miss the Rocky Mountains and the uh, Four Seasons, and, you know, the people are really nice up here. (laughs) The people are really nice, and it was just a much safer environment. I wanted to raise a family, and... Um, I grew up a lot. Of, I lived in Las Vegas for eight years, so a lot of my teenage years were in Las Vegas. And so after living there in high school and then looking at having my own children, I was like, uh, I think I'd rather raise them in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Utah County is a safe environment. I, I don't know what it's ranked on the national scale, but the last numbers I saw, right. crime is very, very rare down in, down in these parts. And this is for the... Yeah, especially down in Utah County, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because a lot of people in the dental community, they, they call, not just dental, but in, even in the tech world, they call Utah County the Silicon Slopes of the West because uh, you, mm-hmm. you have companies like Weave, uh, Dentrix. Mm-hmm. Dentrix is Henry Schein. You have Ultradent right up the street, Gordon Christensen and Provo. There's so many things dental that goes on here. Um which leads me to my next question. How did you get started in the dental uh, community? Um, again, I was raising a family, and I knew that I needed to find a career where I could also 
have my kids know who I was, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I was a waitress at one point, and I worked back-to-back shifts and double shifts and weekend shifts and holiday shifts, and I never got to see my kids, and I said, I need a career change, and I looked into the different, I said, I need a job where I get nights, weekends, and holidays off. Guess what popped up? right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dentistry. Yeah. So there I went. I, I went into dentistry and um, I went to a little tech school at Provo College mm-hmm. and uh, to be a dental assistant. did a little bit of ortho, did a little bit of general and then um, from one office I went from an assistant to the assistant manager, a dental assistant to assistant manager and then um, office manager at my next office. Cool. Very good. And currently, you're working for a dental dental practice. Uh, I can't remember. It's somewhere in Utah County, right? Yes, uh-huh. it's in Salem for Dr. Bonnie James Bonnie um, at All Smiles Dentistry. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So the interesting thing that uh, I like a lot about you is you really know your insurance stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, you you and I had a conversation about this battle with mm-hmm. the insurance commissioner, with a particular insurance carrier. Now, normally, I ask people not to mention insurance carriers, but for this one, I, I want you just to <laughs> be straight. <laughs> tell us who it was right? and tell us what happened. What was the issue? Like, what happened? What was this insurance company doing? Yeah, I mean, we always want to be politically correct and not point out one, you know, point fingers at one particular yeah. insurance company. Screw, but screw political correctness. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was one particular problem, and it was with United Healthcare, and they were looking for reasons to deny claims. They were telling me that they had lost the stuff that I sent or that the stuff that I sent wasn't good enough. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and refused to approve claim. I appealed it. I gave them multiple things showing, you know, intraoral pictures, extras, everything that I could come up with. And I knew ahead of time, too. I mean, this wasn't after the fact going backwards. After a while, you know, they trained me that I knew I was going to have to fight with them. So if I had a patient come in with United Healthcare, man, I did the works on records with them, <laughs> and I got every picture, every x-ray, mm-hmm. and I'd send it off the first round. Um, and they would still deny me, and I would do three appeals, and they would still deny me. Um, I called them and I said, I called the provider relations and I said, what do I do? She said to me, we are a nationwide company. There's nothing you can do. Like, you can't touch us. Yeah. And I said, but my claims are getting denied. And she goes, well, follow protocol, follow the appeals. I am. I mean, she would not give me an answer. And I said, but what you guys are doing is wrong. She goes, well, we're nationwide. You know, we are more powerful than anybody, basically. It's basically <laughs> saying we're, we're a big bully. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. There's no money that you can I mean, spend to fight us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's what she said. She's, oh, we're a nationwide company. There's nothing you can do. And she was very flat, very flat out with me. And I said, but you guys are requesting things that are unnecessary. Oh, what are you going to do? We're a nationwide. And she said multiple times, this is what we require. There's nothing you can do. We're a nationwide company. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So I found out, right? I mean, you go to all these seminars, and I've heard through a couple seminars, oh, file at your insurance commissioner. But nobody ever told me how or where to go or what to do. So I sent a letter to the insurance commissioner complaining about this insurance company. Mm-hmm. Really nice gal over there. I won't, I won't say her name, but <laughs> super nice uh, people over at those offices. She called, and she goes, what are you doing? You totally filed this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm so sorry, but will you help me? Because 
I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to figure this out, and I will figure this out. Mm -hmm. So she actually helped me, walked me through the process, showed me what I needed to do. After submitting, like, 10, at least, it had to have been at least 10 different claims from 10 different employers, 10 different patients, mm -hmm. um, I called the insurance commissioner's office, and I said, what can we do? You can see that what they're doing is illegal. They're dictating treatment. They're diagnosing treatment. And they're de denying claims. Right. And they told me, sorry, there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. And I called you, and <laughs> we, we called attorneys, and we called everybody, and everybody said, there's nothing that can be done. There's not enough evidence. We need more offices to complain mm -hmm. in order to get evidence um, to investigate them. So every week that I would get a new denied claim from United Healthcare, I would submit it over to the insurance commissioner, and I would call them and I'd say, is this enough evidence? Mm -hmm. And I think it was like week three where they said, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> let me talk to somebody. And I said, thank you. <laughs> so they called me back and they said, I just want to let you know we are running an investigation. We did find evidence of illegal activity, we are running an investigation on United Healthcare. Mm -hmm. Wow. Then I got a call back. I know, it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> highlight of my life. Yeah. Um, and I, I did get a call back later on, a month or so later, and they said that the investigation was um, very successful, and United Healthcare said that they had found the problem, that it wasn't them, they didn't know what was happening, mm -hmm. the, but that they had BS, found the problem. The Total BS. Right. Oh, yeah. They said there were some department glitches and some what, but that they didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. So they said that they have found the problem, and now they are willing to fix it. Mm. Um, so the insurance commissioner's office told me to give it like three months for them to fix their glitches, and then it should be running more smoothly. Yeah. Um, so I have successfully started receiving claims that are not denied from them, and I didn't even have to file three appeals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I, that, that is not only an amazing story, it's an inspiring story, because for years and years and years, everybody's told that the insurance commissioner is the regulatory body over the insurance carriers. In states like Utah, where the state of Utah is a not a right-to-action state, and what that means from right. a legal perspective is that individuals, whether it's an, a doctor, office manager, or dental practice in general, cannot sue an insurance carrier on any given issue. So therefore, the, exactly. the only way for doctors to have any recourse is if they collectively complain on an issue that's not fee schedule related. But the insurance commissioner, in this case, you were able to get them just on your, your own. One key thing that you mentioned when we were talking last time was the insurance commissioner told you, well, if we just don't, if we don't have enough complaints, there's just nothing we can do. And how did you respond to that? I, well, I told, I said, what do you mean? I have, I have complaints. I have 10 complaints right here in front of you, each one showing the same problem that they are doing illegal activity and denying claims. Right. And, and they said to me, well, we need multiple offices. And I said, I've been, I actually, and this was after I, I mean, I've talked to them frequently. They know me by name. <laughs> and they go, uh, now, what do you want? Um, <laughs> so, um, 
So I told them that I had reached out to multiple offices and I said, please, don't sit by, send these complaints. Mm -hmm. And I often hear, I don't have time. Right. I don't have time. I don't have the resources. I don't even know how to file a complaint, which is actually super easy, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and my complaints all came back paid right within two weeks after I submitted these complaints to the insurance commissioner. Yeah. So they were very nice, and they were getting paid. I could have kept doing that. You know, every time I got a denial, I could keep going back and filing a complaint and getting paid. But I wanted the problem solved. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to go to those links. Right. And so when the insurance commissioner said, we need more complaints, that's when I said every week that I submit them a new complaint. I called and said, is this enough complaints now? Right. Call the next week. Now, is this enough complaints? How many do you need? Mm -hmm. To, for it to, for you to see that there is an ongoing problem here that is a consistent problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I bet if we were to get 200 offices in Utah to file a complaint with the insurance commissioner, it probably wouldn't make them too happy. Um, exactly. One of the things that <laughs> I, I recall you mentioning is that it, I think you told the insurance commissioner, "Well, I work with a bunch of offices. Let me let me go and get them to complain too." And they said, "Oh, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that yet." We don't want to get all these yes, complaints they did coming say in. And yeah, well, say, oh, no, you can't do that. It's only certain claims that you can file on and certain, you know, so they started trying to back out of it really quick. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the problem with government entities is that they're there to protect us, but they'll only take on cases if you're persistent or if it means some type of political points for them. I think they'll get political points because this is something that is an issue that affects patients' health, patients' care, insurance carriers dictating what, patients get to receive from a clinical perspective, and then doctors simply not getting paid. I mean, if you were to count uh, the average hours that any dental practice would spend fighting claims per year, my guess is that in, if you're counting dollars in a dental practice, it's, it's tens of thousands of dollars on wasted money on payroll because you're fighting mm -hmm. these claims over and over and over again. So f what, tips, yeah. what tips do you have for the dentist business owners that are out there or even office managers in your, your situation? You have this tool called the insurance commissioner that most practices don't effectively utilize. You, exactly. you, you do it in a great way. What tips do you have for people like that that might be listening? Um, I just say you've got your staff of claims, your, your EOBs that have come back denied and especially the ones that you've already appealed on, don't call the insurance company. Don't appeal anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, I, file the claim with the insurance commissioner. Now, you, there are some requirements that have to be met in order for it to be filed with the insurance commissioner. So definitely there are some notes to be taken there, and you can easily get that information when you're doing your call for um, verification um, of insurance. When you call on the patient's insurance, you just also ask them, you know, well, what state was this written in? Because it has to be written in Utah. Otherwise, you're going to have to go find a different insurance commissioner. Right. <laughs> um, so there's definitely some rules and regulations. Don't flood the office with claims that are not something that they can control. So you do need to be aware of those. But if it falls within those guidelines, file the claim with the insurance commissioner. Guess what? It takes five minutes. Yeah. And how long does it take for you to call and file an appeal? Two hours, maybe? Mm -hmm. If you're lucky, spend yeah. <laughs> the five minutes, file the claim, two weeks later, get paid. Right. I, I like that. One of the things I know, questions that people would immediately would ask is, what qualifies as a good claim to submit to the, submit to the insurance commissioner? Um, I'd 
let's just talk about the claims that you were dealing with. So essentially, it was a perio-related claim, right? That United Healthcare was denying. That was one of them. I, oh, I had several. Yeah. They they were flat out denying any crown that I submitted. Mm. This is the interesting thing. Not only some of them that didn't deny, they downgraded to an amalgam filling. Wow. A bill. Yeah. Like, how does that even happen? Right. That's what I asked them. Um, so there was perio. There were crowns. Basically, anything that goes into um, not basic restorative, they were denying, flat out denying. Wow. Um, I don't think they ever even looked at it. So um, you do, you need to do your part of it. I do think, you know, with so many dental offices, let's face it, not everybody is doing uh, legal dental work, right? Right. I do think that it is fair enough that they can request an x-ray. But also, you can send that with your first claim submission, right? Mm -hmm. You send your claim along with the extra, the documentation showing, hey, look, I'm not bluffing. This needed a crown. It's legit. Um, and they should pay. Yeah. They have 30 days, get it paid. There should not be any questions asked after, after that. Right. If there is something that they come back and ask for and it's legitimate, um, sure, give them that information. Um, what was happening with United Healthcare, they were asking for, unnecessary information. When um, when we had put a crown on a tooth that had a root canal, they said, well, what was the date of the root canal? Why do you need to know that? You don't You don't need to know that. That has nothing to do with anything. Right. So they were, un they were asking for unnecessary information in order to process the claim. Mm -hmm. That's illegal. They can't do that. Right. Um, so make sure that the claims that you have submitted the required information. If you have submitted the required information and it has come back again denied, um, I would just file a complaint with the insurance commissioner. Right. Now, there's a number of issues, and I thank you for sharing that. There are a number of issues that dental practices experience from an insurance-related um, function. And, and, for instance, at the meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember her name. You and I spoke about this earlier today where she had an issue mm -hmm. where a certain insurance company just wasn't paying. I think it was Blue Cross. And then, and then you yes. you ended up finding out that there was an actual issue with the clearinghouse. Is that right? Yes. So the clearinghouse, um, there's this is the runaround we all get, right? The clearinghouse says it's the insurance. The insurance says it's your clearinghouse. Right. So you've got to get to the bottom of it. And I called the clearinghouse and I said, "Look, this is on you guys. You, the clearinghouse is the one putting it in red, right? You know when you get like your." little box that pops up and has the red claims that got kicked out and that just like puts pains into your stomach, you know? <laughs> so uh, I call the clearing up, you guys are marking them red in my box and you're kicking them back out. Mm -hmm. They're not making it to Blue Cross to show. So you tell me why. You tell me what the issue is. And then they're saying, oh, no, no, no. Blue Cross to show has to have certain uh, formats where it has coding. Because Blue Cross to show does not want any attachment mm -hmm. of any kind. Mm -hmm. We all know this. They're, they're going this way with the whole availability thing. Right. Um, but they're wanting you to put in certain format that has code that says um, if it's a secondary claim, how, when they paid, how much they paid, and what adjustment was taken. Mm -hmm. Not only have, can you just write that in there, you have to have a code, like a little format. So what she had told me is that was the reason it was getting kicked out. And um, she was entering that information, but she had missed one. So for the pay date, it has to say P and then date in all caps. If it doesn't say that, it gets denied. 
So she said, oh, she has the pay date, but she didn't put the P and the date. Oh. That's why it's going to be nice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and the clearinghouse is saying, it's not our fault. It's Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm -hmm. um, right. So, but I send claims to Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I don't use that code. I don't use that format, mm -hmm. and I don't get my claims denied. Yeah. Same clearinghouse, even. So it's it's different issues for, for different different dental practices. So unf yes. unfortunately, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution for everybody. Um, exactly. But the thing I like about you is you're a problem solver. And I like to think of myself as a problem solver, too. But problem solvers get things done. And oftentimes, you just have to think outside of the box and be willing to take that extra step and just be re yeah. relentless in getting exactly. these problems solved. <laughs> well, what I told Carla is don't file the claim again with the format that they want. Mm -hmm. Send it to the insurance commissioner and say, I have a valid claim. Mm -hmm. I have done everything they've asked. This claim is past 90 days overdue. Mm -hmm. They have no reason to not pay it. When they're not requiring other people to have that same code format, right. but that does not give them any right to deny my quote. Yeah, that's a Now, yeah. she's a sweetheart. She, she didn't do that. She didn't file it with the insurance commissioner. She changed what they told them. She told her to change, and she refiled it. Mm -hmm. She said, well, it didn't show up red in my box. It kicked back out, so I'm going to wait and see what happens. And I said, okay, <laughs> well, call me when it comes back tonight, and we'll watch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and the, one of the reasons why it's important to fight the bullies is because when you're bullied around by by an entity or an individual, those bullies understand the psychological effect of, of being bullied. They'll be able to walk mm -hmm. all over you for the remainder of your life if you don't fight back. And it's a very, very basic oh, yeah. and simple concept. And unfortunately and sadly, that's that's how a lot of these insurance carriers operate. They, they push mm -hmm. your buttons to the extent where they're like, we know some offices don't respond um, appropriately, meaning they don't fight back. So we're just going to con continue pushing them. And those that don't fight back, those are always the practices that get bullied the most. So if there's a message right. that anybody needs to, to, to take away from this recording or this call is that mm -hmm. you just can't let things slip by. Um, I, 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 have, exactly. I have a lot of clients that say, well, Ben, I don't want to fight for a, a $10 claim when it costs me 50 bucks to fight for that claim. Well, if they apply what you just right. talked about, getting the insurance commissioner mm -hmm. involved and having the insurance commissioner issue a ruling, which in order for insurance mm -hmm. insurance plans to operate in certain states, if the insurance commissioner says, if you do not follow this, you know what they say next? If you do not follow this ruling, you are not allowed to practice in the state or you're not allowed to sell plans in the state or you will have a steep fine <laughs> to teach you a lesson about exactly. violating the law, violating the code of ethics. So for the practices that are afraid of fighting for the $10 claim because it costs you $50 to mm -hmm. fight for that claim, just just right. just add that up. Fighting for that $10 claim the first time around and investing 50 bucks, when you look at your P&L or your charts at the end of the year, that one mm -hmm. issue that's consistent de consistently denied from an overall revenue perspective is probably going to equal 5 to $15,000. So in reality, you're sp exactly. you're spending 50 bucks to fight for fifteen grand, not not ten dollars, because that's just a right. one-off single issue. But the insurance carriers know that, and they bank on that. They know practices well, are not going to fight for the small claims. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. Well, what we're talking about here is you're flagging your office. Yeah. You're flagging your office as saying we're not fighting back. So why does one office have to go through all the hoops and I don't? Well, I've got a loud mouth and somebody else doesn't. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And she kept saying, I feel like I'm flat. I feel like I'm targeted. You are, but you're doing it to yourself because you're not stepping up and saying, no, mm -hmm. that's illegal. What you're doing is wrong. Do you want me to file a complaint or would you like to pay your claim now? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so they are, they are, you're flagging your own office with not just one company, but all of them. Yeah. Each company that is going through claims, they're each testing you saying, okay, well, we're going to not pay this claim. We're going to see what happens. They're uh, completely doing that. They are completely flagging offices. Yeah. And you need, a not, you need to flag your office for, oh, there's a loud mouth. Don't give her any problems. <laughs> Just pay the claim. <laughs> it, it's, it's a true concept that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. But the other thing that dental practices are afraid of, particularly the, the owners of dental practice, is I just don't want to stir the water. I don't want to upset the bully. I just don't have enough money to fight them if they come back with a lawsuit to, and, and threaten me with a lawsuit for fighting about a certain claims issue. So did you ever receive a lawsuit from United Healthcare or cease and desist or any letter that says, hey, you just can't fight us? Did they ever say? No, okay. not at all. That no, and they, I don't believe that they have any ability to do that. So we have rights protecting us in our office, exactly, and our patients. And that's the whole point of this: is don't be afraid to fight these insurance carriers. You have the, the police over this is supposed to be the insurance commissioner in your state. Now, mm -hmm. a lot of offices even say, "Well, the insurance commissioner is part of the Department of Labor." Well, aren't you, if you're an office manager, aren't you entitled for protection by the Department of Labor? Aren't you a laborer in that state? <laughs> You're employed by yep. a dentist, but if your claims don't get paid, guess what? You lose your job, and it's as simple as that. And, and your, yeah. your job and responsibility. Companies are going out of business or exactly. providing less than quality care because yeah. they're not getting the reimbursements required to provide quality care. Yeah. That needs to change. The insurance companies are training Mm -hmm. They're training us and telling us how to do it, when to do it, and what to do it with. Right. And amalgam filling in other countries, that is illegal to even place an amalgam filling. They're banned. That's right. But yet, that's what our composites, our posterior composites, are all getting downgraded to amalgam filling. Yeah. Still. Yep. And United Healthcare says that an amalgam filling was a better replacement than a crown. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, they're trying to engage in diagnosing patients, and that's another key when fighting the using the insurance commissioner to fight the claim is if an insurance company is attempting to engage in the diagnosis process in any way, then you should call them out, mm -hmm. report that action to the insurance commissioner, because it is not appropriate. You cannot is it's it's actually considered illegal for another doctor to yep. attempt to diagnose a patient that they have not physically seen or even you're not licensed to practice dentistry in that state. So therefore, how can they diagnose dentistry from afar and tell you that, well, that, that wasn't a crown, that was a filling. And so therefore, we're only going to pay on a mm -hmm. filling. Or the patient doesn't need scaling root planning, we're only going to pay on a prophy. And the question that you have to, have to ask yourself in this process is, well, if I listen to the insurance carrier and I perform, I provide a profi on a patient that has gum disease, would I as a dentist get sued by the patient's malpract uh, insurance carrier for malpractice? And the answer to that question is yes. 
You don't have one hundred percent. Yeah, you don't have to put yourself in that position. So you have to be like Tessina and really fight for these things. So, so there's a lot of practices that are interested, Tessina, in in having somebody like you help them. Would you be willing to help? I know you have your full time job, but yes. <laughs> would you be willing to help? You know, my yes, one hundred percent. I would be happy to help out any other office that wants to battle these issues or doesn't know how to go about it or isn't sure what claims qualify, what ones don't. Um, I, I would be more than happy. And also, like I said, I'm a loud mouth. So even just sometimes just getting on the phone to the insurance company or the insurance commissioner, especially now they know me by name, <laughs> you know, um, that goes a long way. And I, I would be happy to help. I want to unite and bridge the gap there between um, dental offices and insurance companies and um, start changing things for the better so we can provide the quality care that we want to for our patients. Very good, and thank you for that. So for those that are on, Tessina is not a full-time consultant. As a matter of fact, she, she works for a dental practice, as she mentioned, um, but she's willing to um, work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Of course, you're going to have to pay her directly for her time. So if you're interested or have any other questions, we'll post contact information on the bottom of um, uh, this recording, or you can just email us at help at veritasdentalresources.com. And uh, we'll put you in touch with Tessina. But uh, we've agreed to be Tessina's gatekeeper since she's really busy. So <laughs> we can only pass on the, the, the candidates that truly need the help uh, that are willing to compensate her for her time. And you guys can make those arrangements out once, she, once I make those connections. Tessina, any final thoughts, any last tips that you want to share with? This is going to be listened to by tens of thousands of dentists and office managers. So do you have any final thoughts and anything you want to share? Um, I would just like to remind people that we need to be training the insurance companies. We need to be telling them how we do dentistry and what we expect to be reimbursed for. Um, and, and we can do that together, but only if we stand together and do it. That's why I said I would be happy to help other offices because then I know that we have several dental offices standing up against these insurance companies, and we can really change the game here. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm just thinking, Tessina, we would love to have you as a guest on again. Um, but we'd like to let the listeners email us and let us know what topics insurance-related that you'd like to know about more and what specific practices sure. within the dental, dental office you think Tessina can talk about next time during our next episode, which we'll probably have in a couple of weeks, uh, on issues that you feel as an office manager need to be solved. And uh, we'll have Tessina on board to answer those questions. But... Tessina, thank you so much for your time. It was fun, and I think this is going to be heard by so many practices that are out there. Uh, you're going to become famous real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I'm happy to help, and I hope we get a real success here. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. Another successful episode in the can. On behalf of my colleague Jordan Comstock, and until next time, safe travels and best of success. Thank you.